What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the All About the Birds weekly report here on Wednesday nights live on the AAT Sports Network. I am Chip at Chip for the Birds, joined by Johnny U at Johnny U9322 and Mike Bauer, Mike at Rewind CEO. And tonight, 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 we have an incredible, incredible guest here for our uh, our, our All About the Birds weekly report eyes on the enemy segment. We have Mr. Mike Haas, who is the voice of the Saints, the flagship channel for the team, WWLAM. He also co-hosts the Saints Coaches Show, the Saints GM Show, and the Fans and Pro Fridays alongside Deuce McAllister. We have got a legend in the house tonight. Mike, thank you for joining us tonight. You're welcome, man. I love the intro. You know, what, it, what we needed, we needed John Facinda. With that, all those highlights, just yeah. the Eagles came out and they were rolling. <laughs> and that was awesome. Of course. Yeah, that's a, that's all Johnny. Johnny makes our videos. What's that's that? Cool. So, yeah, yeah thanks well, for we, having me on. This is, you know, I mean, you know, game week, it's just, we've been on the road a lot. And so, you guys love the road. You went on the road. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's all we do. For us, for us, it's just travel. And the Saints are typically a pretty good road team. And they've and they've been okay and, and really haven't done well. They've, they've only won one game at home. I don't I don't count Jacksonville as a home win. <laughs> does anybody? I don't think anybody does. If you have to change time zones, that's not a home win. That's you don't get to count that one. So <laughs> it's been a weird weird year for that. I think like 18 teams in the NFL are 500 or worse at home. So 56 percent. So everybody's brutal at home this year. It's weird. So it's it's interesting because I was I was listening to some things and apparently the the home field advantage, um, especially with like gamblers and the line moving where home teams kind of just get that natural line. Um, it's not the same as it once was, and, and and as you mentioned, a lot of times now the the home field advantage isn't trending as a guaranteed win anymore. And as you mentioned, you know Philadelphia, we're seeing that we are winless at home and all of our wins have been on the road, but. Hey, maybe that changes this weekend when you guys come on the road here to the link. Um, well, you've, you've played a tough schedule. I mean, you've not. We I have. Mean, you played Dallas and Tampa and Kansas City and the Chargers. Those were those were all losses. It hasn't been easy. No, that we we definitely have not had an easy schedule. So so let's get into it a little bit because you mentioned losses and one thing that has been noticeable with the with the the Saints this year is the loss of talent in the quarterback position. So you went from arguably the greatest statistical quarterback in history of football, Drew Brees. And I know he wasn't on the 100 team, which blew my mind. Um, I'll argue that till forever. He he should have been. He can't have the records that he has and not be on the 100 team. But Drew Brees retires and they anoint Jameis Winston as the QB of the future. He takes a dirty hit. A, a very dirty hit ends his season. Taysom Hill is not the answer. Um, he wasn't the answer as the replacement. How are you guys feeling about the quarterback position since, since Jameis Winston went down a little bit? Well, it's hard to put it on Trevor. I mean, he comes in in the Tampa game and they win. He comes in the next game, Atlanta, and they lose by two. Uh-huh. Have to go for two two point conversions, they lose by two at Tennessee. I mean, he's he's hasn't looked great, but I don't think you could kind of throw it on him either. I think it would, he's got five touchdowns, no interceptions. 
he's only completed about 58% of his passes, but, you know, he's a veteran. He's been around. I think he's doing kind of what, what Sean wants him to do. Just don't, don't, don't lose the game, right? I mean, when Drew would go out, he went out in 2019. Teddy Bridgewater came in for five games. And I know they said, look, you don't got to win the game. Just don't lose it. Just run the system. He won five games. Last year when Drew got hurt, Taysom Hill came in for four games. He won three of them, lost one of them. I think you know who that was to. So mm-hmm. the Eagles, 24-21, and Jalen's first start. So, I mean, it's a system. They have not played poorly. This team should be seven and four. Their last two losses have just been brutal. But, again, on both of those situations, I don't think you lay either one of those losses at Trevor's feet. Nobody could catch the ball and with the Atlanta game and just couldn't come up with any play, two missed extra points last week. So you you're end up going for two again, the worst two-point conversion plays over the last two weeks that I've seen. I'm not saying play calls, just – just the execution, everything was just kind of bad. So I think it's tough if you just said, hey, guess what? And, you know, week 11, Saints are going to be at the Eagles and it's going to be Trevor at, as the starter and then Taysom. And you're going to have Ian Book, the Notre Dame rookie, is going to be active for the games. I, I'd be stunned. So Jameis was playing pretty well. I thought he was getting the system down. So that was a big loss. It really was. Changes the offense. He's got some mobility, something this team has not had in 15 years, some elusiveness in the pocket, and Trevor doesn't really have that. And I don't know what they're doing with Taysom, to be honest. I, I would have thought some when he came back from the concussion, he would be a little more like the old Taysom, but he's not really playing quarterback any or very much. He's not running the ball much. He's in, but he's a wide receiver, usually the slot receiver. They don't throw him the ball. It's just kind of weird. So, yeah, it's – it's unusual for this football team. We're like I, the football team now. We're like, wait, we don't have a franchise quarterback, and now we just we rotate, and we, we lost Will Lutz, and so we don't have a kicker, and so now we get new guys every week. And so it's, it's like it's tough for us. We're like every other team. We've been very spoiled, very spoiled. I mean, I mean, I have to ask, was Taysom Hill ever really the answer at quarterback? Because, look, I – Sitting here from, from Philadelphia, we, we saw him start as a quarterback, but he always kind of seemed like a gadget player. So for them always to kind of give a roster spot to him, and even for there to be a, a competition this offseason between him and Jameis Winston, was that a legitimate competition or was that t- trying to say like, hey, he can throw the ball and might do it in a game? I, I don't know if, if it was – I can't. I don't know if you can say it wasn't legitimate because you don't waste half your training camp by giving him – the ball at, you know, half the snaps. You don't, you don't do that just for show. And so what I always, I don't, I, I think that the Saints probably went into that, that it would be Jameis's job to lose in training camp, which he did not do. And then without a Mike Thomas, without, you know, without some star players, without some playmakers, they really needed Taysom in, a, in his usual role. But the difference would be, at least I thought it would be, is that Taysom, in years past, he was never a quarterback. He was a gadget player. He would come in for one play. He would run it, power right, get three or four yards, and then he'd leave. He'd catch a pass. He was never a quarterback. But this training camp, he really became more of a quarterback. So I thought we'd see not rotating quarterbacks, but I thought when he came in, we might see two or three plays. We might see him throw more. Because that's the only, to me, the great 
greatness of having those two quarterbacks and they're totally two different skill sets is if you actually use them in that realm. And they haven't really done that. In the Atlanta game, he came in through two consecutive passes, complete, and they were kind of in a hurry up, and it kind of got the team going, and then Trevor came in right back in. So it's, there's no rhyme or reason to it, but he's a better quarterback now. I don't know if he's an NFL starter. I mean, he's 31. He'll be 32 at the start of next season. Um, so I, I don't I don't think the Saints maybe see him as a starter, but they, he's certainly a different quarterback than he was in years past. So, you know, you brought up, you know, talking about the quarterbacks, talking about injuries, you know, going over some of the Saints injuries, some of the concerns they have. Uh, Teron Armstead, Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill is on the injury report. I know they mentioned that. Uh, Ty Montgomery, I know, had a finger issue. Um, yeah. Apparently, yeah. they said it went through the wrong way. So, they, and then also uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was put on IR. Mm-hmm. How, how are these injuries, basically, what's the prognosis of some of these guys going into the Philadelphia? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I don't know how the Eagles coach, you know, Coach Payton doesn't give you much on injuries ever, period. Before the game, during the game, after the game. So I don't, I don't, I don't know about Taysom's situation. I don't, I don't think it's serious. The seriousness is you've already lost Andres Pete, your left guard. Armstead is your left tackle. He's been out. He missed the last games. You were missing left tackle, left guard. And now you got Ryan Ramchek with a knee who did not practice. That's right tackle. I mean, there's only so many, you know, so many starters you can lose. So that's probably most concerning is Armstead still there and Ramchek on it. Pete's on IR. Now Kamara came back limited today. That's probably uh, the best sign of this opening day uh, of injuries. Although I take the injury reports almost with a grain of salt now because of the veteran players who don't will take a day off during the week or two days off during the week or more, but they gotta be, they can't just, you know, they gotta have a reason. So they'll say, you know, ankle and did not practice and guys fine. They just needed a day of rest. So it's kind of hard because they're, we played Tennessee. There must've been 17 guys on their injury report throughout the week. And most of them played almost all of them did. I think three didn't. So I, I take the, the injury reports to me because of the veterans days where they take a day off. They're just, it's hard to figure out all the time. Mike, I, I got a question for you. So I know you don't listen to the show. I'm actually, I'm the negative one out of the three of us, to be honest with you. Uh, here's what gives me a little bit of hope. Okay. Our secondary has been playing really well. Marcus Epps has been coming in. Um, he's kind of solidified a role next to Rodney McLeod, obviously Darius Slay, um, Steven Nelson. Great. I'm looking at your depth chart right now. <laughs> I'm looking at your wide receivers and without Michael Thomas, the cupboard is bare. Although Johnny's going to get excited about this one. We got Marquez Callaway, Traquan Smith, Lil Jordan Humphrey, Deontay Harris, Kenny Stills, still in the NFL, everybody. Ty Montgomery and Kevin White. I like Kevin White because I actually went to high school with him. So. Yes, Johnny went to high school with him. So, I mean, would you say that our secondary... Oh, wait, Kevin White has one more catch than you this season. <laughs> hey, see you. That's true. It was 38 yards. It was good play. I, I wish the guy well. You know, yeah. so you're right. It's a, it's a star-studded uh, lineup. They've, they're, they are individually pretty strong. Traquan Smith's coming back from being on IR. Kenny Stills is a guy they needed because Deontay Harris was out. They needed bodies. I mean, they've needed bodies. Uh, Kevin White, Peyton brought into training camp. I just, I think he feels like, 
I think a lot of NFL coaches are like this, that they can rehab a guy and reinvent mm. them and give them a new career. And I mean, he's just, you know, he's had just such a rough time since he was drafted in the first round, you know, 20 some catches in his whole career. It's, so it's he's there. Thomas is gone. Uh, Callaway is actually going to be a, a great player. When Callaway came in, he was going to be the number two to Mike Thomas. He was going to be a nice compliment. And then when Thomas was gone and he became the guy and there's nobody really on the other side of him to kind of divert attention, it's been tough. They've dropped the, the, the tight ends, haven't stepped up in, in, in great capacity as far as catches are concerned. They've not, it's just not a, a lot of production. I mean, Callaway's and, and Harris have the most receptions at 24 and, uh, Smith, I think, has 40, 44. Devontae Smith has 42 for you guys and four touchdowns. So yeah. the wide receiver core is stretched. They worked out three this week but didn't sign anybody. And every time we ask Coach, he's, he's happy with what he's got in the wide receiver room. Well, I, I guess my, my main question here is with our secondary coming together, Jonathan Gannon finally figuring out how to call a game defensively, you know, with we do have a good pass rush against Trevor Simeon, against what we could say is a weekend wide receiving core, does this give the Eagles an advantage against the Saints? And then in that area, I would probably say so. How could you, how could it be very difficult to say that the Saints have an advantage? Well, you have Alvin Kamara, and our linebackers are not great. So that's the way it is. Tight ends haven't played too well. This, This team, the Saints have just not done. They've played from behind. They've, they've, they've never they've never really fallen behind as they have in the last two weeks. And penalties have been just brutally timed. They've not won the turnover battle. They've been down by double-digit points going into the fourth quarter. So they've thrown a lot in the fourth quarter, which, which ends up making their stats at the end probably look better than they actually played during the game. So, yeah, I, I would have to say that – but I would have said that last week. I was that against Tennessee that – Titans secondary probably had the edge over this wide receiver quarter. They just haven't, they lose the 50 50 ball probably 80% of the time. And so they don't, haven't been able to go up and just get the ball, kind of like uh, Devontae did uh, in the Denver game that passed down the right sideline. I mean, we haven't, we've not done that since the Washington game and the Hail Mary before halftime. And that was Callaway who kind of cradled it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I would say that the Eagles have the advantage in that area. I think it's I think it's interesting that you mentioned you know inflating stats in the fourth quarter because that seems to be the 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 story of the Eagles season where we we decided to not show up for three quarters of football and then when it's you know blown out of proportion we go well, let's let's try some things now so it's it's interesting that you mentioned that speaking about you know, what the Eagles have started doing really well over the past couple of weeks is running the football. So the Eagles lately have committed to the run game. That is now our identity, even if nobody wants to admit it. And that's what we should be doing. But the Saints are ranked number one against the run. Right. Here's my question, though, because I'm looking at your wins and losses, and I see Green Bay was a win. Running back, they have one. Carolina, you know, McCaffrey, injury. New England, New York, Washington, not a lot of great running backs. Seattle, hey Chip, not great running. Chip, I, I have this for you. I did it without even, without even knowing. 
Green Bay's ranked 19th, Carolina 14th, New England 16th, Giants 25th, Washington 15th, Seattle 22nd, Tampa 27th, Atlanta 29th, and I didn't even rank Tennessee because they're out. Well, Tennessee, but they didn't have Derrick Henry yet. So that's kind of my question is, are are the Saints run defense, is it really that good or was it kind of skewed because of who they were defending against? Uh, Most people would say it might be a little skewed because they've given up other teams pass against Saints against the pass have, have not, what are, they give up their 26th uh, in the league. They give up 265 yards a game. It's uh, not great. It's not great. Pl- <laughs> they're plenty. They're 20th in, in explosive plays. They've given up 34. They give up big chunks. So it's hard to say whether it was the, because the, I think the Saints defense in general over the last three years has been pretty stout against the run. I mean, they went 55 games until December 8th last year of not giving up a hundred yard rusher. And then Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts both get a hundred against the Saints in that victory. So they've, it's not like they all of a sudden this year, they're, they're man eaters against the run. They've, they've always been pretty good against the run. But again, that's why I get back. Is that because teams are having so much success throwing the ball that they, they haven't run it as much. I'm sure it's probably a little bit of both, but they've, they've done well stopping the run. You don't go 55 games without having a hundred yard rusher, that'd be decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, I, I just think like you look at, and it was, I think I heard a stat uh, on the radio today talking about um, the New Orleans and the run, the run game, which you were, you're just mentioning. And they gave up 200 yards to the Eagles last year. Um, and they haven't given up anywhere close to that in the last 93 games. We, so, we, have, we didn't have we didn't have Miles Sanders rushing for 82 on one carry, you know. It was nice. We enjoyed I it. Mean, that, that helps that 115 yard rushing there. Was it 115? Yeah, 115 yard rushing when 82 comes on on one clip yeah, um, it makes it look a lot better than. So yeah, so but the, I, you know, I think the Saints are not this team right now is not built to come back from double digit points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. This is not. That's that's not how they go into it. That's not how they plan for it. Nobody does, but you know, you can't you can't do it with this team right now. And so they've they've got to do better in the first three quarters. Um, they during the Tennessee game and like the midway through the third quarter, the Saints were averaging third and fourteen point eight yards. Now that has nothing to do with looking at their third down conversion. It's got to do with what you did on first and second down. Penalties, three sacks, just, you know, just brutal. Missed and dropped passes, and they just haven't gotten any breaks. Fumbles get kicked. In Tennessee, they get a first down instead of losing the ball. So it's not excuses. It's just kind of what what this team needs to do to win is when they win, they've gotten turnovers, interceptions. They've gone two straight games, losing the turnover battle because of fumbles, and they've got no picks. Uh, A team – that's got 11 on the season, had none in the last two games. So it's a and, lot of things. And in those two games, and in those two games, they're 0 2. So that's an interesting. Right. And the two lost. So let me ask you this because I know that with Drew Brees retiring, there was a expectation at the beginning of the season. Then Jameis Winston starts doing some things, and then the expectation changed. How is what's the expectation for the remainder of the season? Because you're sitting in second place. The the Bucks are within catching distance. Are, are are you expecting a playoff run? Are you expecting to make the playoffs? 
What is the general vibe in in New Orleans right now? I think it's a little bit of both. I think you, you'll have people like to me, and I wouldn't say I'm a glass half full guy. I'm probably not, but they've played badly the last two games, yet still control their destiny. They control their destiny in the NFC South. Nobody, just them. So, but other, so you can look at it. Okay, well then, oh, you know, an AFC loss, loss to the Falcons, got to play them again. You could five and four, you still control everything in the NFC South. But conversely, it's like, yeah, but you're going to look back and, you know, eight weeks ago, man, that Tennessee loss and that Atlanta lost at home. Those were crucial. So it's, it was, it's either, it's one of two ways. The, the, the remainder of the schedule is not what I'd call enormously difficult. I mean, we, it, it, you just don't know. I mean, are we going to get the Buffalo team that, that lost to Jacksonville 9 6? Buffalo comes here Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. So we go Philly, road Sunday, Thanksgiving, four days. Very, very difficult. The following Thursday, Dallas comes. And then after that, it's at Jets, Tampa, Miami. And then it's Carolina and Atlanta, last two games. So what's the landscape look like then, right? What's, what's Atlanta's situation at that point? What's Carolina's situation at that point? Well, are they playing for anything? Are they done? Are they playing for draft? Because that's what it's been in the last five years. So I think if the Saints can – I see this team as – asked at the beginning of the season, I said this was a playoff team. That didn't say division winner. I think that was going to be Tampa. But they were, I thought they were a playoff team. You just don't suddenly get bad. It's a system that has been proven, you know, time and time out. I thought you think Sean Payton had a new toy with Jameis Winston, somebody who could move in the pocket. He gets to kind of do some plays that he couldn't do with Drew. And, but then when he went down, now it's just about, this is a team that's always got on these huge eight, nine game winning streaks. And we said early on, this, this is not that team. So it's going to be two ahead, one back, two ahead, one back. So you, is it 10 and seven, which I think would probably be a good season given everything that, that's been through. Is it 11 and six? That'd be a great season. Uh, is it nine and eight? Then now where are you in the playoff run? So I think somewhere in that, I think, you know, it's five and four moving through. If you you, you win five games and, you know, you're going to be 10 and seven. I think that would, that's about where this team is. So then, all right. I mean, let's focus then on, on, on this week's game because the Eagles now they're starting to be the conversation of, you know, getting back into the playoff hunt. So this is a pretty big matchup then. This is one of those um, marquee matchups then for two teams that are actually in contention. Looking at what has been successful against the Eagles defense this season, it has been the tight end play. We have already covered that you guys don't have that. There's not a tight end on your roster that I'm necessarily fearful of. Now, will somebody make themselves a name this weekend? Probably. But as of right now, I'm not afraid necessarily of any of the tight ends. So then I would say next is the running game. If Alvin Kamara cannot go, how will New Orleans attack offensively this Philadelphia team that struggles with mostly the linebacking core and getting pressure on a quarterback? I think they'll they'll try to do, assuming that happens, and I think I think Kamara will play, but assuming he doesn't, yeah, Ingram played well last week. And they're gonna they're gonna have to they can't, this is not a team that can dink and dunk its way down the field seven yards at a clip because you have to be too efficient. You have to be very efficient to go on 10-minute drives, you know, nine-minute drives and score touchdowns. And both teams have been very good 
in the red zone. And both defenses have been – Saints defense has been very good, at least in the red zone. So I think what they, they've, they've thrown what I would call explosive passes, passes that should have been caught. They've they just got to come down with them. They've got, to, they've got to do what other teams are doing to them. They have no chunk plays. You know, they have no big plays of 20, you know, yard on the offense. Their explosive plays are three rushing and 21 passing. That's 31st in the league. So you're going to have to do it with the receivers that you got. Come catch the ball. Deontay Harris, to me, is kind of the key. He's the guy that can go deep. He can catch the ball deep. With him, you can throw him wide receiver screens, bubble screens. Get him in space, and he can make things happen. He had a, bad, a crucial fumble last week, but he hasn't really done that to now. And this is a big game. I, I totally agree. I, whenever I do these podcasts or, or radio events with the opposing teams, I'm usually studying the opposing team. Like I spent all day looking at your offense, and I'm looking at this RPO run option going, oh, Gosh, this is this is like your worst nightmare. I mean, when they're when they're clicking like they've been clicking, running the ball, and then Jalen looks great, you know, run option and, and just kind of read option. Man, I'm just like they they looked so good against Denver in a lot of different aspects, but mostly offensively. I mean, this team's going to go and not go as Jalen. He's your leading rusher, right? And so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what worries me more, maybe more so than our offense, is because we've we faced the Giants earlier. We lost at home; they were zero and three, and this the, the read option just just killed them. Mm-hmm. And, and Jalen does it better than the Giants, and so <laughs> the, the ability the ability uh, to, to to stop, you know, and I, I think. There's, at least he has the ability to come back. Doesn't Miles Sanders have the ability to yeah. in this situation? To do he does. And and Nick Sirianni said that if Miles Sanders is healthy, he will be the starter. Um, right. so, it's, it's, it's just it's so interesting that that's what you're fearful of because the RPO, because we in Philadelphia have been cringing when it comes to that phrasing because it was such a commitment to the passing game out of the RPO. And it's just been recently where there's been a commitment to the run game, which actually makes the run pass option a legitimate threat um, because that's the first couple of weeks it was, there was no, pa- there was, it was nothing but passing. That's all. That's the, the only time I would say to me, it just kind of um, continue what you were saying is that from the RPO, their, their drop back under center passing or running attack is not very impressive. It's their mm-hmm. RPO running attack and then Jalen running. That's impressive, but they're, they're straight drop back passing under center handoff running, and it's uh, I wouldn't even waste my time with it. Just every once in a while for show, but man, that the the read option with quite frankly, I mean, you know, Boston Scott looked great, and so mm-hmm. did uh, Jamal Howard. I mean, Jordan Howard. God, yeah, I had the hardest time with him. Well, I've called him Jalen. I called him, you know, <laughs> Jamal. He's, he's gonna be tough for me. Got a little Jordan Howard. Stick him on my desk because he's killing me. <laughs> Jordan Howard. How do you not get Jordan Howard? I thought he had Boston Scott, you know, former Saint. Uh, they look impressive. Both of them are on the ball. Yeah. So we have we have a couple of fan questions. I want I want to make sure we get to these fan questions. Um, so Adam, one of our, our biggest fans, would like to know what is your favorite Saints moment of all time? Well, that's easy. Uh Super Bowl 
<laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not it's not just the win. It was I was in I worked in television here uh, for 30 plus years. In fact, one of my co-anchors is up there, Lucy Bustamani. She's at uh, NBC 10. Yep. So we were co-anchoring. In fact, she was. Uh, we were together at the Super Bowl. And so I'll try to make this fast. So I'm in television. We're doing a post-game show. The game's on CBS. So we're up in the press box, and we're going down to the field um, and get on the field, like six minutes to play, and it's like crap on the sidelines. You can't see anything. So I go back to the end zone, you know, my orange, you know, press jersey, and I'm sitting there, and – I mean, I'm here in New Orleans, 30 years. I love Peyton Manning. I've been around Peyton Manning since he was a kid. I put my hands on my knees. And I go, Peyton, we need a pick, brother. We need a pick. And he throws this interception to Tracy Porter, and Tracy is running right at me. I mean, he's running to me. He's pointing, and I'm thinking he's pointing at me. So I have this out-of-body experience. And for whatever reason, I start walking on the field. Now, I don't really remember any of this, but I get to almost the white. I'm in the end zone, almost on the white to the end zone where Tracy Porter is celebrating and a security guard grabs me from the back and yanks me off the field. So I'm like, like I would have gotten arrested. I'd have lost my job. There's like, you know, and I'm like, holy cow, thank God, man. Next day, go to work, you know, we're finishing up, wrapping up, getting ready to head back. And, and my the producer goes, hey, you know, you made the broadcast. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, the security guard grabbed you when you were walking on the field. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and so to this day, you can see it. It's in the, it's in the, it's in the, it's in the play. You'll see this guy in the orange jacket walk towards him, just lady pulls him back. And so that was like, I was, to this day, I don't remember really much of it, but that was my favorite moment. Johnny, I'm going to need you to find that clip and post it immediately as soon as you can. Um, and then Javier saying, you know, ours obviously is a certain running back from the Saints getting destroyed while trying to get that pass. It has been my default photo uh, on my Twitter since the creation of time. I it was my backdrop in the college like that. That hit for me where uh, Reggie Bush went crawling back to the sideline. Shit. Changed my I'm world. Telling you right now, you have to watch the 2000 game uh, in the the Superdome. Tim Hawk, the hit on I think it was oh yeah, one. I remember him. It will, not, it will nothing compare, though, to Reggie Bush. Um, Javier's question for you, Mike, is uh, what do you think is going to happen with Michael Thomas for the future? Is he is he there for the future? Does he go somewhere else? I mean, obviously, Michael Thomas has said that he's not going to be playing this season due to another injury. Um, but is he going to remain a saint, or uh, does he go marching out? You know, that's, right that's a tough one, man. I mean, he's one of the – best, toughest receivers, but there's an issue there, right? I mean, there's a trust issue there. You know, when they started camp and he hadn't, he just hadn't had the surgery yet. So Peyton made a couple of comments at the start of camp. Then I'm like, oh, this is bad. And it's just, and he Mike made a tweet about it. And then he showed up at the Baltimore preseason opener. And he was on the field. I'm like, okay, you know, they met, they're going to talk things through and, you know, I if I if you had, if I had to guess right now, this is a guess that this this will be an irreconcilable differences uh, divorce somewhere in the off season, uh, unless that there's things going on behind the scenes that I don't know. Um, I just don't I, I don't I don't I don't see it. This is a guy that's been in a fight in the locker room already. I mean, he's I don't know that I don't know that he's 
what this I know he's what this team wants on the field. I don't know if he's what this team needs off the field in the locker room. He's not a bad guy. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I just don't know if, if if it's a good fit right now. So I, I might my my answer would be no. I don't think I don't think he would be. All right. So and that's that's pretty solid. All right. So oh, did you find it, Johnny? Already? I think I may have found it. All right. So you have it's to go quick. full screen. It's go quick. full screen. Let me take down the banner while you push play on that. So all right. So he, There's the interception. He's pointing. He's pointing at me. Right at me. He's like Mike. Mike, you're the man. So that right is what he's saying. There. <laughs> That's the lady pulling me back. I'm like, oh, 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 thank you. <laughs> so I, I, Tracy and I have talked about this a bunch. We've we've had a oh lot of laughs gosh. about it. Uh, because I mean, if, if that lady doesn't stop me, I'm like, I'm going on the field. I'm like, what am I doing? At some point, if we both make the playoffs, have me back. And I'll tell you, the reason I got on the field was because of Kim Kardashian, who was dating Reggie Bush at the time. <laughs> oh, that's, the, that's all. That's the rest of the story. All right. Um, so at this point, I, I don't know how you go from Kim Kardashian to, to, to picking things because – I mean, but we're gonna have you pick something now. So I need we need a score, we need a score prediction for the game, what you think is gonna happen, and then we need your Uleka lock from the NFL this week, something that you know will happen in the NFL this week. All right. Saints are gonna win this game 27-25, ironically, on a kick, a field goal. I don't know who's gonna kick it, if it's Brett Maher or if it's gonna be Brian Johnson, but they're gonna get a field goal to win it. 27-25 and avenge last year and avenge the last two two-point losses with the two-point loss themselves. How you guys get to 25, I have no idea. 27-25, <laughs> uh, Saints win it. We'll find way. a way. We'll find <laughs> a way. <laughs> and then what is something that is guaranteed to happen this week, whether it is a statistic, it whether it is a result? It doesn't have to be this game. I – well – the Detroit Lions are going to get their first win of the year this week. 0-8-1 against Cleveland. Get their first win this week. That Steel. is the Mike Haas, you like a lock. They were so close. They were yeah. so close. I mean, they, you talk about a team finding a way to lose. I mean, good gosh. They lose, you know, they lost to the Saints when Tom Dempsey kicked the field goal. That was the NFL record. Right in '67, is that right? Yeah. No, '70. Like that. So mm -hmm. they lose. The Lions lose to the Saints on the NFL's longest field goal ever. Then they lose <laughs> to Justin Tucker, who kicks the NFL's <laughs> longest <laughs> field goal. Both scores, 1917. Now, yep. that's you know, crazy. that's crazy. You know why? It's because the Lions head coach made a big deal about kneecaps, so of course they lose to kickers. That's why. <laughs> that does make sense. It, it all tracks. It all comes out. It all comes out that way. Um, so, Mike, we want to thank you for coming on tonight. We, uh, It has been very, very informative. It's just also been really great to talk to you and hear your stories. Um, is there anything you would like to promote and to plug um, the time? The time, As Andy Reid, our former guy, used to say, uh <clears throat> <laughs> uh, You know, hey, we uh, – gosh, I, we – Come to New Orleans, you know, come visit our city. We've, we've the hurricane. I've been through hurricanes a lot. 
and uh, come visit New Orleans. Um, people don't talk about, uh, you know, the hurricanes that we've had other than Katrina. And we this one was in many ways worse uh, to a lot of different people. Both, both hurricanes, by the way, August 29th, my birthday. So that works out well to be in New Orleans and have an August 29th birthday. So, you know, if I'm going to promote something, come, come visit our city. You know, it, it's where everything in, everything downtown is fine. Restaurants are open. Just come visit our city. I don't need to promote me. I'm, you know, I'm boring, boring and old, but come visit our city. Well, we'll promote you because I, first off, that was such a beautiful thing to say. I love that you have such love for, for your city. I mean, that really is, it, it's amazing. Um, so again, yeah, I'm from Virginia. I yeah, by the way, did you guys love my tweet? By the way, when I, I threw out the Commonwealth, like I like yes, Commonwealth. we did. We we there's, saw. We recognized. There's only four Commonwealths out there, people. There's only four. Pennsylvania's one of them. Virginia's the other. And so uh, I thought. I know if Lucy Bustamante's out there listening or watching, she she knows it because I that's all I talked about was the Commonwealths. The Commonwealth. Can well, I'm a, I'm a history I'm a history teacher, so Can I appreciate the. Say again. Can you name the, the other, other two? two? Um, oh God, I know this. One I don't know this. One Massachusetts. One. Massachusetts. This is the third, and that's there you the go. easy one. That was the easy one. No one gets this one. Rhode Island. I'm wrong. Now Rhode Island's barely a state. <laughs> Rhode Island is a booger on the end of New York. Um, I got nothing. I, I'm out. I'm, I'm and I'm a social studies teacher, so I'm bringing this to my it's, class tomorrow. If you if you were an SEC football fan, Kentucky used to play their football games at Commonwealth Stadium oh, because Kentucky oh, is Kentucky. the fourth Commonwealth. It is it's basically just a charter of the people, so to speak. Like my father was, he was what would be a district assistant district attorney in Virginia, but he was a Commonwealth attorney, right? When right when Cosby was going through all this stuff, people were going. What's this Commonwealth Attorney stuff? What's all this Commonwealth Attorney? And that's like it's you know, my diploma from James Madison says Commonwealth of Virginia. So it's no. not a state. Nope, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Well, Mike, we appreciate you, man. So you can follow Mike at Mike Hoscom. Uh, he is the voice of the Saints on WWL on the AM, the flagship channel for the team. He co-hosts the Saints Coaches Show, the Saints GM Show, and the Fans and Pro Fridays alongside Deuce McAllister. And he has been an amazing guest here on the All About the Birds Weekly Report. Mike, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Anytime, fellas. Thank you. We'll see you thank this you. weekend. Good luck to everybody, and we'll, we'll do it again sometime. Sounds Indeed. Great. Sounds good. All right. So let me just say, whoa, my man knows some stuff. Woo! That was exceptional. No, that was really good. You know, get, you know, the emphasis on the team. Um, we always want to, you know, get, get get a real hands-on with the team and, you know, somebody who knows the team really well, and he knows the team exceptionally well. So uh, it was, you know, a, very, very good um, to have him on. Um, he was glad he gave us our time, uh, his time for – uh, this show, but um, what are your feelings about the Saints? Because I have a, a few feelings of myself. I'll let you go, Mike. What are your feelings about the Saints? Them coming in here with Trevor Simeon. I know Chip wants to, you know, say his version of the name, but Trevor is Simeon. Is yes. he gone? Yes. <laughs> so, I've, listen, I behaved. 
You did. You did. So before we talk about that, uh, we are looking for our first back-to-back wins of the season. Last time that happened was week seven and eight of two thousand or twenty twenty. So um, it's been a little bit since we've gotten back-to-back wins. We've not won at home this year. I think this is the game that we can get it done. I'll be honest with you. I was pretty happy uh, with the the Broncos game. I wasn't expecting that. Hats off to Jonathan Gannon and Nick Sirianni for adjusting. I mean, the defense, that was probably some of the best defense I've seen this team play under Jonathan Gannon. Um, Nick Sirianni's adjusting well. I just did the math. They're averaging 208 yards rushing per game the last three games, which is fantastic. And I think it's things like that. Here's what I think about the Saints. Okay, they have the number one rush defense, right? Well, statistically, they do. That's what we're hearing. I just want to do that voice again. So, Tampa Bay, we talked about how great their rush defense was. Nick Sirianni didn't even try. Just barely tried to even run the ball. I think that changes this week because I think they have to. Um, I will say this team will get better when Miles Sanders comes back. Johnny, you said, do they really need Miles Sanders? Jordan Howard leaves a lot of yards in the field. He is what he is. He sees seven, he gets seven. Miles Sanders sees seven, he gets a touchdown. That's the difference. You know what I mean? He's I like that. That's a, that's a good point. As long as he's healthy, I don't want him rushing back. Exactly. That's my big thing. If it's another week, that's fine. Yep. But um, what I talked about with Mike earlier, uh, our defense, our secondary against their wide receivers, I think is a win. Their offensive line against our defensive line is a win for us. What worries me is you see Justin Herbert get the, got the ball out quick. Teddy Bridgewater, they had him trying to get the ball out quick, but the pocket kept collapsing. And by the way, dude, you got to throw some effort on trying to tackle Darius Light, at least getting the guys away. That was so <laughs> pathetic. Well, I, I made a joke about this at the on the post game. He was hysterical talking about that return. Absolutely hysterical. Uh, what worries me is Alvin Kamara against our linebackers. That is the matchup that I think Sean Payton will try to exploit. Although Alex Singleton playing less and less as he should. Davion Taylor and TJ Edwards for right now are your answer at linebacker. I just, Alvin Kamar really against anybody is a mismatch. That's what I'm worried about as far as our offense against their defense. I, I, I come out, I'm pounding the ball from Nick Sirianni right off the gate, try to confuse him, get a little misdirection going. I think and we'll see. I, it's a winnable I, game. I think for the Saints, I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is a big loss. You know, they lost him, I think, a couple of games ago. The Atlanta game, he got hurt. And I think that is a, is a huge loss for him because he's he's basically uh, – he does a, a Swiss Army nice in that defense. He does a, a lot of different things. Um, you know, Malcolm Jenkins still, you know, still does what he does. You know, he's not, you know, a Pro Bowl type of player, but he's a high-level player still for that defense. Their defense is good. Demario Davis is very good. Uh, Marcus Davenport, Cameron Jordan, they have good players. But I just think the way the, the Eagles offensive line is playing and the way that they're running the ball, and it's it's going to the strength. What's the strength of this offense? And it's running the ball. It's using your offensive line. It's it, You need to establish the run to then be able to, what we were talking about with the RPOs, make it effective. Because if you're running the ball and then you're, you use the RPO in there, then you can start you know to work at it as your advantage. But – Looking at the the opposite, looking at the Saints offensively, you know, with Trevor Simeon gross. and it, it, to, to really me, gross. to me, he doesn't scare me at all, at um, all, because and, it, and what Mike was talking about was like chunk plays and stuff like that. They're a team that's not going to dink and dunk their way down the field. Well, 
Jonathan Gannon, basically, if you can't dig and dunk your way down the field, that you're not going to score on the team. That plays right into his hand um, to what he wants to do defensively. So uh, to me, I think it's great. And, and another thing that I want to see more of is I want to see less of Ryan Kerrigan. We've been talking about this for weeks now. And, yes. you know, I, I think Alex Singleton, using him as like a stand-up rusher here and there with his – his motor is just nonstop. He had that, you know, he went all the way around. He wound up, you know, making a little bit of an impact there. Use him to that way. Use him blitzing. Use him different ways. I want to see less of Ryan Kerrigan. I want to see more of the younger guys. But I just feel this defense with those two linebackers, as long as Davion Taylor is healthy, I do know they said he had a brace on and he was on mm-hmm. the injury report. Um, just make sure he's he's okay. But T.G. Edwards is making, you know. He's going to get paid. He's, he's going to get paid. He's making a lot of plays, and it's, it's really it's really nice to see because he brings that that thumper mentality in the middle that we haven't had for a while. So, um, I I really I really like that the way the defense played. They played they played well in all facets of the game on Sunday, and it was really great to see against, against a team that was coming off of you know a real good win against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, they stifled them. They um, they did, and they and they filled up the statue. I mean, it, it was great. And the thing that doesn't scare me for the first time is the fact that they don't have a a, a legitimate tight end on their roster. Well, Adam Adam Trotman's not terrible. Well, you know, I think he, given stop. what he's playing, well, here's the thing: he would be better if he had a better quarterback. Jameis Winston never really threw to tight end. Trevor Simeon sure. is what he is, and also we're talking about linebackers. Um, Nigel Bradham was arrested in. Tennessee, I don't know if you guys saw this. Over yeah, three pounds of marijuana in his car and a loaded nine millimeter. So he had two loaded guns, so that's so he ain't coming back anytime soon. But he, and it did, yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it did note that he was a free agent. And I was like, come, come on, man, we we know, we know. Look, I mean, th- I'm, for the first time, uh, I'm feeling that there is an identity to this Eagles team. For the first time, I'm feeling like if they stick to their identity, we can be successful. And with where they are currently stationing themselves, it is perfect, absolutely perfect to go against this Saints team. This Saints team, who has lost the last two games since Trevor Seaman came to play. Um, since I'm sorry, I'm moving tonight, guys. Um, You've been waiting all for that one. What's that? You've been waiting all show for that one, haven't you? All show. Um, good things come you know, to those who wait. So anyway, maybe- Trevor Seaman. Um, Camara, who is not a hundred percent, they don't have a legitimate scary wide receiver. The defense, yeah, they've got some names, but are they are they playing collectively? Like they have defensive ends that can rush, but our tackles are playing pretty damn well. Our offensive line is run blocking, they're the best run blocking offensive line in football. There is no question in my mind. Chip, you make a great point, and Johnny could agree with this too. We have a good problem here. All of a sudden, our offensive line. Looks a lot better than we thought it would a few months ago. Dickerson showed out well at left guard. Dickerson's looking pretty good, right? Jeff Dickerson's Gould. looking great, and I know I jumped. I jumped going. This kid's not ready. He's not ready. And at that time, he wasn't. But the whole no, team looked bad. He wasn't ready to be a lineman that had to pass block seventy times a game. Yes, you let them go out and hit. And Driscoll has looked really good too. And Driscoll's an important guy to have around. He can play guard. He can play tackle. Yep. So, you know, all of a sudden we're okay, except for that one Nate Herbig snap that he had. Yeah, that was bad. He had to come in. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that, that was bad. But the other thing I'd like to see is, you know, watch some of the All-22. Like, Lane Johnson's reactions were great. You know, he's <laughs> pump, pumping first down because, you know, Jordan Howard's running right by him and, you know, what he's doing. And I know um, Sirianni talked about he's blocking. Sometimes he gets two people at once. And it's just they're just they're just so comfortable run blocking. And and I, and I even like watching all the formations. But why? And- because run blocking is easier than pass blocking. It allows an offensive lineman to go on the attack. But the You're thing is, they're all working. In, they're all working in unison, too. When they're doing a lot of these things and and when you have tackles that are coming out on, you know, actually pulling and and then they're, you know, the oversight, the uh, overloaded edges and, you know, doing different things with 13 personnel. It's great to see because it's just working in in unison. And even like, like, it's it's great. Like last week they started the game off and Hertz took the, you know, took the RPO and took it out and got, you know, the first down the next play basically did the same thing except for, everyone else stayed at home and Boston Scott ran a wide open hole right up the middle. And then they did it. And then, you know, using the, using the screen game and doing things like that, it's just, it's working to their advantage and something that we don't, we talked about early in the week or early in the weeks of this season, how they need to rely more on the run game, how they need, because they were running for what 5.1 yards per carry. And they were, they were still running the ball really well, but they weren't using it. They weren't utilizing it. And now they are, you're seeing what, what they're doing and you're seeing it. And I feel like with running the ball, it's also helping in the development with Jalen hurts and not putting 40, 45 pass on, which he, they shouldn't, you know, they never the should have. That's not yeah. who he was. And the other thing that's helping the offensive line is the fact that they've been playing together. Yeah. You know, think about it in previous years, you know, you mentioned consistency and you mentioned like cohesion, Previous years, they haven't been able to do that because it's been all injury. So it's been, when we say the next guy up, we were going through an issue where the next guy up wasn't even on the roster the week before. So this team has, with the exception of two plays in Denver, they've been playing pretty consistently the same five guys in the same five spots. It's The thing is, it's, it's real nice to see in terms of injuries in general and not seeing all the injuries that we had the last couple of seasons, they are relatively healthy. Yeah. There, there are some season ending injuries. You're always going to have that no matter, you know, what team you are, you're always going to have some season ending injuries and, you know, big players go down, but the amount of players that are going down, you're not mm-hmm. seeing that. But I, you know, looking at these, a lot of younger players, you're seeing development. Well, some of them agreed. Finally, some, some of them, some of them. Develop. but you know, you, you even look at Jalen hurts and I'm even going to bring it up. You are seeing him develop, you know, develop his game that you weren't seeing early in the season. So good. It's my and favorite. I'm, I'm just saying, you, you're saying, and if you're, if you're blind to it, then you may need to get an extra prescription of glasses. I don't know. He is doing what is asked of him. I got my eyes checked recently. I'm good. Thank you. Um, he's doing <laughs> Thank you. Him. They're also not passing the ball as much. And I did say, you know, earlier in the season too, they need to not throw the ball so much because, and here's the thing, any quarterback, we saw it last year too uh, with Carson, they were throwing the ball too much and he was a veteran quarterback. So, you know, it's one of those things where I don't want a quarterback throwing the ball a lot. The real possibility right now, Johnny, I hate to tell you this. Russell Wilson ain't coming to Philly. He's 32 years old. That's fine with me. The, I'm okay I think, now. Right now, the likely possibility is that Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles next year, as much as I would bemoan that. Um, I think he's I just, done enough to do it, though. I think he's done enough to earn the job next year. Fox. And depending on how they finish out the season, it's going to matter. 
I'm, you know, look at it this way. Possible. They have a ton of money to spend free agency wise. Do they get a veteran receiver, a big bodied receiver, which, you know, I would like to see Mike Williams. We'll see. Would know. be fantastic. He is it's, a free agent. it's going, it's going to depend what Nick Sirianni wants, what he, what pieces he feels are missing for the offense that he wants to run. Cause I can tell you that next season, Sirianni's not going to want to be a run first football team. I, you'll He's see just not. I, I feel like, I feel like Nick Sirianni wants like that nice 50, 50 balance of pass and run. Keep, you know, keep the defense guessing. That's what exactly. I feel like he wants. And I'll be honest with you. I think that's what we all want in Philadelphia too. As yeah. 50, 50, 60, 40 at most. I love the running game. It's great, yeah. but I believe, I don't know this. I think Jalen hurts only attempted three passes in the second half. Yeah. Only what they're doing right now. They didn't have to. That's true, but this is not sustainable long-term. So it's just one of those things. We want that good balance. Let's let's see where we go. And a lot of people are complaining. Oh, well, Rager needs to catch more passes. Goddard needs to catch more passes. Quez needs to catch more passes. Well, if you're throwing it 18, 19, 20 times, it's kind exactly. of exactly there's only so many passes to go around. At the end of the day, the guys that you want catching passes, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, and everything after that's a bonus. But the only thing I will say, it is very frustrating to watch Jalen Rager. Uh, I know he had that one catch on the sideline. It just yeah. seems like if he he's it's it, it is frustrating. You know, I, I want I want the kid to succeed. I want him to be, yeah. you know, a you know a player. You know, because you watch on Monday night and you watch a player that I absolutely loved pre-draft when he was coming out is Debo Samuel, and he is he's on my un- fantasy team. He's unbelievable. So you know, players like that, it's just like why can't? But of course, you know, I love Devonte Smith. Devonte Smith is playing great. Um, you know, his route running is exceptional. But again, you know, Quez Watkins can stretch the field for you. I he just should think- have had that pass, by the way. That was that yep. was probably the best throw I've ever seen Jalen Hurts make. That was it was awesome. the best throw of his career, no question. But, but and Mike, he was right there. What do quarterbacks do when something he knows is a perfect pass? It goes through their hands. You see all the quarterbacks put their head back, raise their hands. That Jalen Hurts does nothing. He doesn't even blink an eye. He just turns and then. Like nothing. There's no emotion in terms of like that, like almost like showing up your receiver. So you watch though. You watch though, right? What will happen is that lackadaisical, what appears lackadaisical, laissez faire, I don't give a shit attitude. What will happen is that when he starts to struggle, will be the thing that the major talk radio stations will start to harp on saying that he doesn't care. That will be the narrative. Just out of curiosity, do you guys listen to like WIP or 97.5 The Fanatic? Because I got in a customer's car one day. For those of you who don't know, uh, I'm an auto mechanic, so I move cars around. By the way, if you drop your car off at the shop, please turn your freaking heat off. It's not on full blast. So when I get it the next morning, it's blowing cold air. Turn your damn radio down. Um, but I get in, 94 WIP is on. Angelo Cataldi, and this was after a win, it was screaming like a lunatic. Does anyone listen to this? I'm just curious because the guy's not even from here. I I do the same thing. If I get it's like, if I get into I a car and I, I have to move it and stuff like that, it's on. You hear that? You know the random raven of the imbecile Gargano, cuz it's like yeah. oh my god. So it's Stop. it's it's awful. They're gonna complain whether you do well or not. So for me, it's just they're just clickbait media type of right. But that'll be what you know. Yes, he should have gotten it. Yes, we are all pissed off that he dropped it. 
anybody with fantasy numbers for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you're upset. We get it. But what about this though? If you but Jalen Hurts didn't show up his guy. Exactly. That's but, important. That's but important. If, but if you look at it this way, Eagles running the ball. Eagles running the ball a lot. What's that going to do? That's going to bring an extra guy in the box. What does that also do? That also leaves less people deep and a guy with Quez Watkins speed to be able to run down the field and, you know, maybe get more opportunities like that in I the future. He, he needs so, to be out. He needs to be the outside receiver, not in the slot. Honestly, my feeling is a player like Jalen Rager in the slot. I feel like a guy like Greg Ward is going to give you more than Jalen Rager is right now at this point. He is shorthanded. Plus, also, if he gets more touchdowns this year, I will still have my bet that I made at the beginning of the season. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Maybe, maybe that'll that's a good segue to uh, talk about um, our records and our picks and what we're going to be doing for the Uleka Locks and our predictions for this upcoming week. It's time for the Uleka Locks of the week. Who's your lock? All righty. So last week. <laughs> I'm Sorry, not, I'm, I just gave a face. <laughs> our locks last week. So, uh, Arik Arik Dalala had Aaron Rodgers huge day versus Seattle. Mm, nah, no, he, nah, won. he won. He won. But it wasn't a huge day, so that's neither did Russ. Chalk that up as a loss. Um, Mike, you had PJ Walker three hundred touchdowns or three hundred yards and two touchdowns. Wrong. Uh, wrong because Cam Newton got some some. But I didn't see that coming. I figured it would be a week and then they would let him reacclimate. And no, then... he's a star. No, they were ready. So... Yep. They were ready. Says yep. DJ, you're the backup. Um, also, and... by the way, uh, I dropped Cam Newton in two of my leagues the day Wait. before he signed because I needed roster space. Thanks, buddy. How's that going for you? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Um, Jeff had Hertz had three, had, would have three turnovers. Uh, he only had one. Um, so. That's a no. And then the big Uleka lock was between Chip and I with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Chip had Teddy Bridgewater with a higher than 75% completion percentage, and I had him lower than 70, and he was at 61%. Hmm. So I will take my victory because uh, I needed one. And I will take – I will I will allow you to have it because that meant the Eagles did their damn job. Well, the thing is – you're, Hold on a second. When you guys do a lock against each other, there should be some sort of bet on this. Like so the loser yeah, has to do something. We didn't. We didn't do that. Um, For the future, that should be done. Agreed. It should be done. But the thing okay. is, Chip. I don't know if Chip wants to make too many bets and stuff because you know. Do you want to say how well you did last week with your? <sighs> predictions well so you know, we're just well, bypassing the whole you like now, a lock you know, segment at this point we'll hold off because, <laughs> because that, that, that's a whole nother story um so the locks of the week so mike has his uh mike haas has his not bauer uh lines get their first w so oh adam has his patrick Williams with her three, three, 300 yards and at least three touchdowns against the cowboys uh maybe that would maybe be impressive i also think he may throw a couple balls that get intercepted as well but that is so be it. Uh, Mike, what's your lock of the week? Sure. Joe Flacco returning to the Jets <laughs> and beating the Falcons at home. Flacco. Let's, just, let's stick with crappy quarterbacks. That's gonna. I'm just going to be my theme for the rest of the season here. Hey, as long hey, if he plays more than 50% in four games, we get a fifth-round pick. So It's possible. You know, it's Zach Wilson possible. isn't fully healthy. Not that he's any good right now, but. The damn so Jets. Chip, who do you got for you like a lock? 
Well, thank you for asking. Um, my Uleka Lock comes from the Browns-Lions game. It is not a victory prediction. It's not. It is the Browns will rush for over 175 yards as a team. Because the Lions cannot stop the run. The Steelers refuse. The Steelers. I said, I, I said over. Um, the Steelers refuse to pass the ball, even with a backup quarterback. They had Mason Rudolph throwing the ball over 50 times. It is absurd that they just do not run the football, um, which is why they tied the Lions. So I think the Browns will not make that mistake because it doesn't matter if it's Chubb or uh, Dearness Johnson. It doesn't matter who's someone will run the ball and they will rush for over 175 yards as a team. That's not, you know, I could see that. Um, I put a lot of thought into this week's. They've got a hell of an offensive line, and they're locking the offensive linemen up as well. So, um, you know, contract locking up, not actually locking them up. But, um, no, that's a, I like that one. That is a good one. So, for my lock, I was thinking about doing this game, and I thought, you know what, I was I was good with last week. I did that. I can't, you know, I want to go overboard um, trying to pick with the Eagles because that may bite me. So, I'm not going to do that. So, the way – what I was doing thinking is the 49ers Jaguars game. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Oh my indeed. Um, oh my. I'm gonna say that Trevor Lawrence will have over 300 yards passing and two touchdowns. Wow. And they will still lose. <laughs> well, yeah. Are you now okay. you're doing a double parter? No, I'm not doing a double parter. I'm just gonna stick with this. This one. Eesh. So Jags yeah. are at home. It may be hot, humid. San Fran is traveling from the Bay Area. Uh the current weather forecast for that game is 71 degrees and rainy. All right. You do mind. understand though that the Jaguars or sorry, that the 49ers just absolutely shut down the Rams. And you do know that the Denver Broncos absolutely shut down the Cowboys and then came and laid an egg. Things can happen. It could happen. It sure. Could happen. <laughs> yeah. Now we go to the prediction. All right. Oh, look, so, my Wi-Fi died. I got to go back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, too bad at least. <laughs> we can still talk nice about it because we know. Oh, God. So, do you want to go over the records or would you like me to? Well, sure, Johnny. Thanks for the opportunity this fine night. So our weekly picks. Um, we all made some predictions. So JB, uh, Jeremy Bridges, won the week. He finished at eight and five. Now, we didn't count the ties because it just jumbles. None out. of us counted the ties. Right. Yeah. Because uh, ties, it didn't, it doesn't count. So he finished at eight and five. Uh Jeff finished at seven and six. So Jeff and Jeremy are tied on the season at 92 and 58 in third place. Johnny had a decent week. He finished at seven and six. Um, he's in second place at 94 and 55. I, um, well, actually, my my wife, she finishes seven and six, 91 and 58. So that can't be right. I don't know. My math might be wrong. 91 and 59. What's that? 91 and 59. 91 and 59. Right. Yeah. Thank you. My typing is wrong. Um, but I, I did not have a great week, friends. 
Um, I'm going to be honest. I didn't have a great week. I was four and nine last week. Um, it was my worst week ever picking ever. So I am still in the lead at 96 and 53, but I gained three, but games. we are, what's that? I gained three games on you. Yeah, but we are all within between first and third. We are all within four games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is, uh, it is tweet. It's tweet like a tiger. <laughs> So, with that, um, I was going to do a Tony the Tiger thing, but I didn't want to do that, so I wasn't going to. No. No. So, the predictions for this week. We're going to start now with you, Chip, and go you, Mike, and then myself. Well, Johnny, thank you for sending it my way. Um, I am a notorious non-Eagles picker. And my reasoning was because this team hasn't shown me anything consistently of who they are, so they're inconsistent to pick. <clears throat> By a score my ears. of 34 to 24, the Philadelphia Eagles will win at home. 34 to 24, Eagles. Your balls will thank you. <laughs> Your balls will thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's a little high scoring for me. Um, Javier, it's too late. I already did it. <laughs> I'm taking the birds <laughs> 23 to 17. I'm actually, oh, no. I know they lost to the Chargers. Um, I like what I'm seeing, though, these last couple weeks here with the way they're running the ball, I feel like this team is starting to come together. Figured I'm, I'm thinking that these coaches are really hitting their stride and learning how to call their games, respectively, offense, and defense. I like what I'm seeing right now. I'm optimistic. Let's get our first home win. Or not. So, <laughs> or not. <laughs> so if I'm mistaken, the last time the Eagles won at home was actually last year against the Saints, if I'm no, we played, no, that was played in, in New Orleans. Orleans. It would have been against the Giants, which was before our bye week. No, we played at home last year. Was it, it was a all black? We're all black. I have to. Check. We were in the dome. You have to check it. By the way, um, we in the dome. Johnny, I know you loved those uniforms so much. Apparently, Jalen Hurts pressed for those uniforms. I did see that. So, with another reason to like him. So, um. It was actually, I was wrong. It was against the Cowboys. It was Sunday, November 1st. It was a primetime game, and we won by the score of 23 to 9. So that was the game where I believe uh, Ben DiNucci told the, the Eagles to bring the house, and they did. Johnny somehow was right. I know. Last time was December 13th, 2020. At Lincoln Financial Field. Oh, I was wrong. I, I th- oh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. My bad. Yes, I remember it very vividly. Alshon Jeffrey it. caught a touchdown pass. Listen, I watched the game by myself. I had I had no interruptions. I remember it vividly. So, you know, right now I'm just happy when I could use the bathroom by myself. I'm <laughs> bad. I thought that was um I thought that was in New Orleans. So I might we might be mixing that, up the playoff game. With that, yes, probably. Um, with that being said, the last time they did win was against the New Orleans Saints. Um, I think everything kind of matches up pretty well right now with the Eagles are doing and with the defense. I think the defense is a main key factor against Trevor Simeon. Um, you know, Simeon exploded against 
Tampa Bay, and then <laughs> he has nothing left. So he emptied the tank. I had to add it in there, but I'm gonna go with my patent and Eagles win 21 to 20. I'm gonna stick with that patent in 21 20. Ew. Uh all time series, Eagles lead 18 to 15. Gonna be 19 to 15. So should be a fun it should be fun because you know you look at New Orleans, they're in that playoff hunt. I think they have uh the sixth seed, if I'm not mistaken. So you try to gain ground on those those teams that are ahead of you. If you know if you if you want to sneak in, you're gonna have to win games. So this is a this is a pretty big game. Yeah, yeah I just I really do think oh there's Adam's pick 35-17 Eagles. He thinks it is a stomping. Um I'd be okay. Yeah, and that. look, I mean it's it's an important game for both teams. One team is trending up. The other one is trending down. So someone's going to have to step up. I think it's going to be a good game. I'm excited for it. Um, and with that, gentlemen, let's pay some bills and and wrap some wrap some, wrap some some shows. I wasn't sure what we were going to wrap. We were, we were done talking about semen. Um, so we were... <laughs> semen games. Fun free twist on fantasy sports. Make sure you're checking them out. Links in the bio. AATSportsNetwork.com, our shop. Make sure you are checking them out, checking us out, helping support us. We appreciate all y'all doing. Thank you, thank you. Funkbrewing.com, the official brewery of AAT Birds and the AAT Sports Network. La Terrain Luxury Watches. Use the code AAT Birds for 10% checkout. Or 10% off a checkout, sorry. Uh, new sponsor, we have Symbol, which is the stock market for sports. Symbol.com. Use the promo code AAT Sports when you sign up. John, you want to tell us about that? So what that is basically is you can buy stock in a team that you think is going to, you know, start doing well, or, you know, every time, every time they win, you also win as well. So uh, there are promos you can sign up and then if it's guaranteed, whatever money you put in, you're guaranteed to, to win. If you don't win, you get your money back, but everything is in there when you're signing up, but it's, it does the NFL, it does the NHL, it does the NBA, college football, uh, MLB. So you can, if you think a player like Trevor Lawrence is going to make the Jaguars a playoff contender, a perennial playoff contender, or any of these younger quarterbacks, um, or if a quarterback who's getting drafted, maybe Kenny Pickett, small hands Pickett, maybe you may think he's going to get on a team and be pretty well. So you can buy a stock in a team and and either buy and trade. It's it's just like the stock market. Um, they have a lot of great stuff on their website, symbol.com. Um, but sign up, use AAT, AAT Sports when you sign up um, and you know make some money. There you go. Couple other uh, predictions. You got twenty-seven nineteen. Javier says, and Julio says twenty-eight to three Philly. So I'm cool with all those scores, friends. Me too. Uh, finally, our our last sponsor, the one we get to joke about the most, is Manscaped.com. Is partnered with AAT Birds. Use the code AAT Birds for twenty percent off and free shipping at checkout. <clears throat> Your balls will thank you. And with that being said. My friends, it is the most wonderful time of the year. We're going to play our brand new original AAT Birds Manscaped commercial as we exit. Uh, we wrote a script. We executed the script, and y'all are going to hear it. So as we end every show, I am Chip. This is Mike. That's Johnny. My hands went weird there. That's Johnny. As we end every show here on the All About the Birds, Go Birds! Go Birds! It's the most wonderful time of the year. The season of giving is upon us, and Manscaped is getting into the holiday spirit. 
Go to manscaped.com and use the code AATBIRDS for 20% off and free shipping on all your holiday gifties. To help get you into the spirit, we rewrote some of your favorite holiday songs to remind you of all their great products. Shave your balls with gifts from Manscaped. Fa la 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 la. Tis the season to be smoother. Fa la 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 la. Buy some gifts today from Manscaped.com. Two free gifts for you from Manscaped.com. Grooming around. Your Christmas tree with the lawnmower 4.0. Your jingle balls need some fresh grooming, and it's the only way to go. Smoother balls, smoother balls. Use manscaped crop exfoliator. Grandpa needs to trim his ears and nose hairs Cause he can't hear or smell us anymore You can say he could just use a razor But the Weed Whacker 2 is the way to go For the Jewish friends in your life Manscaped, Manscaped, Manscaped Shave your balls today And when they're dry and ready A smooth menorah you can play I got Manscaped's brand new body wash Used it on my mistletoe last night Also used the two-in-one Shampoo conditioner just for fun I washed and scrubbed everywhere Now the smells improved a ton Put in your order at manscaped.com today and have a great gift to give this holiday season. Use the code AATBIRD to check out for 20% and free shipping. That's AATBIRDS at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Have a holly jolly ball a day this winter with Manscaped. 